Today we're being joined by the Sydney Swans AFLW coach, Scott Gowan. Scott, a real pleasure you coming on. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. No, so obviously being the inaugural Swans coach last year, coming from winless last year to playing finals this year, then winning a final, how, how's that time been from last year to this year for you? Oh, very different, very different feeling. And um, I think think back to last year, how hard it was to put everything together in such a short space of time and probably got what we deserved, to be honest, as far as results go. Um, and then just having that sort of six-month period to build and train and strategize and do all those sort of things. And, um, yeah, and really pleasing to start to get the results from that. So what what do you think prompted the changes? You obviously brought in Clory Malloy, obviously, and some other recruits as well. Obviously, that would have helped. But what was the one of the key things that you feel that helped get to the team where they did this year from, compared to last year? Uh, I think our ball movement, I think that was the, the main focus. We were able to take the existing playing group and, and um, train them a certain way to, to break down the ball movement into little little bits and pieces and then um, you know, put all that together and then really added Chloe Malloy and Lucy McAvoy on top. Um, so it was, but it, the existing players like Montana Ham and Ellie Morfitt, Sophia Hurley, Cynthia Hamilton, all those ones that were there before, Brenna Tarrant, um, mm. they're really able to dial down from small-sided drills into how we wanted to move the ball once we put the whole thing together in the um, in the pre-season. And really, to be honest, from the day one of pre-season, the, the, it was such a stark difference the way we moved the ball. Um, and and that was a, that was our, probably the beginning of everything. And then, of course, you know, that builds belief and, um, you know, momentum comes off the back of that. So what did you feel this season overall? Obviously, it's some really key wins, and then obviously late in the year you had to beat the Dockers in the last game to officially make the finals. How do you overall arrive at the season for the, for the girls? I reckon um, it's probably one where I still think we have a way to go. We're probably running, I don't know if you put a percentage on it, maybe 60% or something like that. It's There's a fair way to go. A lot of it's to do with now that we've got the outside game, we need to get the inside game. and. Mm. Um, we deliberately went with the outside first because it's a it's probably a more enjoyable way to learn. Um, mm. If you just go contest after contest, then you, it's you know it's, it becomes all too hard. So um, I wanted to get the feel good right first, and now it's time to sort of you know okay, gloves on, here we go. Um, now it's time to get the contested stuff right. So that's pretty proud, obviously, to win the club's first final against the Gold Coast in the first week of finals. How was that? And obviously, as you said, to do part of the game and then to succeed so far by doing part of the game and then you still said they can test as well. Yeah, and, and towards the end, you might have noticed against the Gold Coast, uh, Fremantle was another game and uh, and Collingwood, the other one, yeah. where a contested game was pretty good. It was it was because we, it's not like we've waited for this next pre-season. We actually started learning it throughout the year. Um, mm. So I think the, the final showed that we can win a different way and um, – Gold Coast, where it was a hard game of footy, that one, and you know, mm. I was, I'd probably got more satisfaction out of knowing that we were okay on the inside of the contest. Um, but once we were able to break the game open, then we were, then we were, you know, that's how we sort of won it. But mm. flip to the week, you know, after that when we played Adelaide, they're on a whole different, another sphere to yeah. us. There, uh, that's the level we got to get to. So obviously the grand final, obviously, yes, I did. You get a chance to watch it? And what did you think of the game yesterday? 
yeah, I thought it was great. I, I watched it. Um, yeah, watched all the preview, and I love it all. Um, watch every yeah. game, I and um, the thoughts were exactly that. I think that Brisbane beat them in the contested side of the game. Um, what's called post clearance, so it's it's not so much what happens inside the the clearances; it's actually on the outside. Um, I don't know the numbers, but my perception was that that they they beat them on the outside and were able to. Um, get the ball on the outside and then when there was a contest they'd win those contests and then they'd go forward with the footy and um they did it really well and brisbane just looked so fit they 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 just ran and ran and um to apply that many tackles and to be able to then win the ball and move the ball that quickly um yeah they're a really well drilled side yeah i'm sure and obviously north melbourne they had that opportunity to probably yeah, I mean, obviously being up by seven, I think it was a three-quarter time, and then they just, the Brisbane in their contested side in particular and some key moments in the last quarter, Dakota Davidson and a few other, Brie Conan as well, um, just got them over the line there. Now, for the Swans, obviously added in as a pre-draft signing, Holly Cooper. What does Holly bring to the club? Yeah, Holly's, um, she brings a lot of energy. She's a she's a bubbly little thing in our training sessions. Um, I think Holly will be um, exactly what we're looking for with that contested type ball on the outside, a post-clearance game is her go, and um, her skills are developing still. She's a nice kick, but she's just got to, you know, like all juniors, got to improve their decision-making a little bit. Um, but her speed on the outside is is incredible, and I think um, Swans fans will be excited to see her uh, run down the wing and, and take the game on, and, you know, I really like that about her. Even more excited for Swans. So this is Ali Morford recommending the club for four years. Obviously, get all Australian. Had she not been out for the back half of the year, she could end up potentially being the rising star as well. What was your th- or how excited you have Ali sign up a long term? Yeah, really good for us. Um, that was a big one for us, and it was funny all through the process. I kept talking to Ali, and she um, she kept saying to me, "I'm not going anywhere, Scotty. I'm not going anywhere." So I had to had to back her in with that. But she, you know, w- within her rights to to look around and. I think that's AFLW in a nutshell, isn't it? It's, you know, you've always yeah. got to make sure that um, the players are looking after themselves and she was doing her homework and she wanted to make sure it was right for her to stay with us and um, and she she doubled down on it and ended up staying, which we're all very happy about. And I, I think Ellie's got so much growth still. I mean, she's come from a long way from last season, but going forward, um, yeah, she can another, add another element with um, playing a little bit more forward and... Uh, hitting the scoreboard a little bit more is probably the next growth for her. What do you feel the overall list strategy is for the, coming into this trade and draft period? Is there any particular focus on top of players that you're looking for? Yeah, we, we do need to get a key defender. Um, we're, we're quite short down back and um, we'd like to get a, a big body, more experienced key defender in if we can. Um, and then the other one is probably that inside mid as well. So we're, we're as I said, we're pretty good on the outside, but to be a little bit more contested and we probably need that older athlete that's um, looking for an opportunity to help some younger kids grow in that aspect. And um, so they need to be someone that can sort of help coach it a little bit on field as well. Uh, so we've, we've got our fingers in the pie with a few players with that and we should know a little bit more over the next week. Um, obviously, who's impressed you this year that's kind of shot, and I, I suppose not come out flying under the radar, but like just shot up, for your expectations, it's had a good start, but then just gone even, their level's just gone even better. Um, well, I think Laura Gardner. I mean, even though, I mean, she yeah. averaged 10.8 possessions at Geelong and playing forward, um, I didn't expect to. So th- there's a bit of a story there. I um, When we recruited her, I actually said to her in the interview, look, we're looking for a small pressure forward and 
um, play some time in the midfield, but you'll have to work your way in there. And she mm. said, yeah, that sounds really good. She came to the club. First training session, we did a, um, a seven-minute match simulation and um, she was in a vest and she played on the sort of the other side, if you like, to, to the main players. <laughs> she just kept finding the footy and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she she hasn't and she didn't look back from there. She just basically stayed in the midfield the whole time. Um, but she had an extraordinary season. So I'd have to say, yeah, Laura's growth surprised me, um, pleasantly surprised me. And and then probably the other one, Sophia Hurley. I just think she just continues to grow and she goes a little bit unnoticed because she she doesn't yeah. love the stuff. Um, but her she is such a balanced footballer, and I think. Um, yeah, she's her growth from last season as well has been really big. Yeah, you mentioned Laura too, as you said. Um, obviously, she did really well this year. I was being the Australian squad as well, and then probably a bit unlike, I suppose, in the votes as well in the um, best and fairest awards. So you mentioned some of the names there, but I'll go through some as you mentioned already. You got BT, Brenda Tan, Sophia Hurley, Ali Morford, Laura Gunner, Alla Heads as well, the Hamiltons, Tana Ham, Chloe Malloy, and Lucy McAvoy, to name a few. Uh, it must give you those some confidence growing on, um, going on to the future years. All those names that I just mentioned, and there's others as well that are 24 and under and they're, they're going really well already and they're still years ahead of them. Yeah, definitely. I think our um, we just did this the other day. We put together the core group from each team. Um, actually got it on my whiteboard up here. And Adelaide Adelaide's core group were averaging against us um, 24.8 years of age and we averaged 21.9. So, and that's just based on you know who's finding the footy out of each team in the midfield. So so that's a that's a big gap of experience, um, and I think that's the that's probably where the the exciting part of our journey is that you know that we've got this core group that are just going to grow together. And you've got Lucy McAvoy is you know 22, 23, Chloe 24 on top of that. Mm. Um, so when they get another three or four seasons on them, if they can stay together as a group, uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting. Who's some players I've mentioned? We just mentioned about Sophia Hurley. Um, but so, any players at the senior year feel that just fly under the radar in the competition as a whole, and probably don't get talked about as much that you feel they should. Yeah, good question. I think uh, Lisa Steen's probably one. She's she's been around a while now, but Lisa just plays on the wing and does a role each week. And um, her running ability to get from D fifty to forward fifty is extraordinary, and she really sets the field up for us. Um, I think that Beck Privatelli is probably another one. She had an outstanding season and to provide that outlet for us when we're moving the ball out of our back line, she's just a great target to have because she's so clean in the air. Um, I'm just trying to think who else. And then um, the other one um, probably who hasn't yet got to where she needs to get to, but Alice Mitchell down back. So yep. Alice played a little bit in the ruck and then that key defender role and you know, coming back from the ACL the, the year before, um, I think – she could be a, a really – she's a great athlete and she could be a, a really big part of what we do going forward. So, uh, yeah, they're probably the ones. So you mentioned earlier about wanting to target some key defenders and some inside mids. Would they be players you try and more target in the draft – I mean, in the trade period, some more experienced bodies or more in the draft side of things or a bit of both? More in the trade, um, yeah, and, the, and then um, probably more go for the the couple of talented players in the in the draft. Um that's probably the way we're trying to do it. Nice. Uh, joint coach of the year, obviously, with Craig Satcher, we must be pretty proud to get that type of one. And it was really nice how the club introduced it to you too. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, look, uh, I'm very proud of that. I think it's something I'll probably reflect back on later. But, um, yeah. 
yeah, I'm, I'm under no illusions. I've you don't win things like that unless you've got great people around you, and um, the staff that we've got here in, in the coaching area is is amazing and um, so well supported. And you know, we've all got our individual uh, strengths and weaknesses, I suppose, but collectively we we have a very open policy about ideas and the way we go about it. And um, yeah, I love. I mean, I love leading them and. Um, they challenge me, and they they all they help me which, by doing that. So I I just feel very fortunate. I've got good people around me, which um, which all goes well to the future. Who's some of your favourite players that you like to coach? Obviously, when I ask a lot of the uh, players that I have on who their favourite players are, some of them like to name drop some, and some like to be a bit conservative and name everyone so they don't get in trouble. I suppose. <laughs> I, I I actually don't have a favourite. I um. I very much look at um, players that improve. Like I, I love seeing where someone is, and then my, my role I feel is is to take them to somewhere where they could be rather than where they are at the moment. And and I think um, pleasingly because of what the coaching group have done as well, we've we've looked at our list of thirty four and taking the injuries aside, there are really twenty nine players, and I, I feel that we developed twenty seven out of the twenty nine really went forward this year. Um, yeah. Is a, which is a really big thing as a coach. You, you, that's what you want. You want growth. Um, mm. So I probably I probably say you know, really that group of players that's that's worked really hard to grow is probably where I'm at as far as my favourites go. But um, yeah, I don't uh, I don't really have favourites within the team. Yeah, that's fair enough. Season too. <laughs> An extended season, obviously, pretty short as it is. Also, in a away game, you obviously would want it to be extended and. Further on in years ago, much closer towards the men's length of games. Uh, uh, yeah, the more the better. I think ideally get to a situation where we play each other once is the ideal situation. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that's a that would give us a, a better indication of where we're all at, rather than um, you know everyone getting the draw and then going, oh my god, we got to do this, got to do that, or yeah, this yeah. is great. Um, I just think it just takes out that that element and makes it a, a much fairer, equitable thing. But I understand we've got to grow to that point, and um, yeah. we're getting there. You know, it'll it'll take a take a little bit of time. I think the the first step for me was to get the eighteen teams playing. That's the main thing. And now the next thing over the next um, you know, little period is is to get the the draw equitable, and um, yeah, hopefully we can get there sooner rather than later. That's good. You got team one, you know. Some teams you, you could argue favorable draw, everything like that. So I can understand why people have that thought. Thought pre draft selection, not part of that with Eston and Hawthorne. Um, how are your thoughts on the, how the trade and draft periods are? Do you change anything about it? Um, no, I kind of like where it is in the year. I think it's, um, I think it's really suits doing it post season and getting it done and, uh, before Christmas. So I think it's a. I think the. I think we've got that part of the calendar right, and um, now there's not a, not a lot that I, I think needs changing or adjusting with this period, other than the, maybe the fact that we just need to. Um, have I lost you? Sorry. Uh, so, sorry, Scott, that just dropped out. Sorry, can you there? Sorry. Yeah, got, that's all right. Yeah, no worries. 
Thank you. Oh, so you can explain what you're saying then. Yeah, so I was just saying that the, the calendar spot for all the the signing period, I think, is very good. I think it's right in the the right spot of the year. It's just um, we just need to to maybe um, you know get the fixture the fixture right, and then um, the the big one is probably to be honest with you, which is a long conversation, is is around the soft cap. So at the yeah. moment, it's usually the senior coach, and you some clubs have list managers, others the GM does that. But it's a lot to do if you're still involved in finals to also worry about the trade period coming up and talking to potential players and things like that. So it's a little bit clunky there, um, but hopefully we can fix that over the the next coming seasons. I know you kind of answered it. The AFW and you, the rules would you that you would alter some things you just mentioned? Um. No, I think um, I, I like the idea of the, the lasso rules and all the little unique things that we have in AFLW. Um, yeah. I would like to go to 18 aside. I think 18 aside would be good. Um, I think that would help with congestion because you'd have more players on the ground to move the ball. Um, so I, but I like the fact that um, the game's starting to even itself out now and getting some better quality football. I think it's good. So but 18 aside would be probably the next step for me that I'd, I'd like to see that as a next rule change. Yeah, I agree. I've always wondered about that, why they have uh, one less forward and defender. Did they, did they ever give a reason as to why they did that? Well, originally it was um, originally it was to ease congestion. Um, and But I think, the, I think it's actually the other way around. I actually think more players on the ground allows you to link up a little bit more, particularly on bigger grounds. Yeah. So if you think of Icon Park... If you had an extra, mm. if you had that extra group of players on the ground, you'd actually have more options. Um, so you're not kicking so much to space and um, and making it a contest. But yeah, so I, I think that's probably um, something we can look at as a group, as an industry over the next season or two. What if you could poach any player or players from another club? Who would you like to steal? It can be anyone. It can be as unrealistic as you want. Who would you like, and why? Oh, I think Jazz Garner. <laughs> Um, oh, just because I think Jez Garner, based on the fact she's the, probably the complete footballer, um, she's a ripping teammate. Um, I coached her at North, and um, you know I just I love her attitude to life and to footy, and I think so. She brings that leadership, and then clearly on field, she she's um, yeah one of the better players in the competition, and um, she's very hard to stop, and she can defend, she can attack play midfield, play forward, so she really much she can pretty much do it all. So she'd be the one. Good choice. Uh, and obviously your your own personal coach, coaching journey obviously started all the way back at the Danny Nong Stingrays, and I'm sure before that as well, there'd been the Vic Country coach. You mentioned North Melbourne there, been at Carlton and Collingwood, and then obviously been the inaugural Swans coach. How's the journey been for you and what got you into coaching? Yeah, I, um it's been I've been so blessed. I'm so lucky. Um I've got the best job in the world to be honest. And um I think the and and before that, you know, men's footy with Long Worry and Berwick, and um, just been really, really lucky with my my coaching career. And um, what got me into it was probably just the love of footy. So once you once you get too old to play, you you've got to do something. And, yeah. Um, my kids really started playing footy, and so as you do as the dad, you go down to them, watch them, and then they learn that you played a little bit. So say can you come and help out and you end up helping out and they say look can you coach and then and and once you got the bug you're buggered <laughs> so That's so basically um yeah 
took me through sort of junior boys and girls footy because I had a daughter that played, two daughters that played as well. And, yeah, um, yeah that got me into it. And then yeah, a mate of mine, uh, Dean Rice, that played at Carlton St Kilda, he, uh, he was coaching at Berwick and asked me to come down and did that. And then he was working at AFL Vic and they needed a backline coach for Vic Metro in the under-18 girls um, way back in 2012 or 13. And um, went and did that and loved it, loved the passion of the the girls to want to learn, which is what you want to do as a coach. You want you want to coach so that people learn something. Hopefully you can pass on things. Um, and then really did three or four coaching jobs a year for the next four years. Um, remember one year I was coaching Dandy Stingrays, Vic Country head coach. Um, I was Diamond Creek in the VFLW head coach and Carlton AFLW assistant coach. So that was a, a an amazing year of footy coaching if you like um and yeah. very lucky that i'm supported by my wife jody we had a we had a, a charcoal chicken business um down in rosebud in victoria and um i didn't do many hours because i was too busy coaching but the, mm. you, unless you've got the support you can't do all those jobs um yeah and that that's really what sort of i, I suppose fast tracked my way into female footy from 2012. That's good. That was a long journey. And then here you are now being the inaugural Swans coach. How was it to getting told to be in the inaugural Swans coach? And how did you feel when that was officially told? Yeah, it was amazing. I um, I think people forget too that part of the, the journey is not all success. Like I, I think I've been knocked back maybe six times um, for different jobs in AFLW and come second four of those six times to someone. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of disappointment in that. And that's a lot of work too because they, they drag out for months and months sometimes. Um, but yeah, the Swans one was a, a really good, like I, when I went for the job for right from the first conversation, which was with Charlie Gardner, the GM of the men's in Melbourne. And, um, I just loved what I was hearing about the culture of the place. And read, um, I'd read Paul Ruse's book about the Bloods culture and, um, all about his journey while he was here in Sydney and I just loved it. And then came up and did the interview and. Yeah, it just backed up and I thought this is this is the job for me. I really want this one and um yeah, very fortunate to to get it. And um I think the big difference, everyone asked me, so why is it so good? Well it is it is the culture of the place. It's very hard to explain, but if you walk through the place, a lot of football clubs will have all all about their um keywords and messages all over the walls. Um Sydney doesn't do that. It's just what's spoken about and how you act. So it's it's very much a um a place where the cultures lived and breathed rather than put into a policy and procedure manual and said, please read this before you start. None of that. Um, and then Brett Kirk, a club legend, you know, you listen to him, he tells you all about the the history and the struggles from, from way back and takes you right through 1982 when the men first moved up here from South Melbourne and how hard that was and uh, just makes you appreciate that we're in this, you know, massive RHI $75 million build and we're just so fortunate and I just feel, as I said, I'm just the luckiest man alive to have this job. So obviously with the Brownlow and the BNF, there's more of a midfield and the forwards, you know, the, and all those type of awards and Rucks is a bit more noted, like Morph did as well. Uh, do you feel this form of an official Defenders Award? I don't really get as much attention as other awards. It should be, shouldn't there? Um, yeah, there should be. I think uh, Brie Conan Award would be what it's called. She's a pretty good defender for Brisbane. Um, but, yeah, I think Brenna Tarrant, um, 
you know, she's, I don't know where she finishes in the votes. Our best and fairest is on Friday this week, but uh, she would have to be right up there. She's had an outstanding season. And, yeah, there should be a Defenders Award because the Defenders are the ones that uh, cope under pressure and, and save your butt a lot of the time as well and then get the ball moving your way. So they're pretty important. And you mentioned BT, obviously, I've spoken. She doesn't like to pump herself up, but she had a trip in. Probably a bit unlikely, or in my eyes, to not make the All Australians show what you said. Obviously, being a great defender, you guys as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One final question. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, she's, um, yeah, her, well, she's one of the players that we we're talking about before that's just grown from last year. And, you, you forget she's she's in that age group as well. She's not 27, 28. She's 22. That's she, She's also in that bracket of players as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Sure. Uh, there's one final one. Appreciate you coming on. What they look forward to is coming trade drop. Cut out then, did it? Yeah, cut out. Sorry, mate. That's all right. Uh, one message for Swans fans, or they can uh, again. One final one. Appreciate you coming on. So obviously you've got the Swans fans, and what can they look forward to into next season? Yeah, I think the continual journey. We talk about um, so we're not really interested in talking about the first premiership or the second premiership. We, what we want to do is continued success, and to do that is just continual improvement. So what we're looking for. Um, you should be excited about the existing group growing again and becoming better at what they do, which, you know, the results will come off the back of that. But um, I think the what we have done now is we've been able to establish a brand and the way that we play football, and hopefully that's exciting for fans. And I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, if I, was, if I was on the outside watching, I'd, I'd want to buy a ticket and come and watch because we're not a team that throws numbers behind the ball and blocks it up and makes it a three goals to two game we'd rather have a 12 goal to 10 goal game and um yeah that's our goal is to is to be on that journey of continual success and that's an exciting thing to watch sure scott i really appreciate you coming on all the best no worries coming on good on you mate